It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Hong Tai Travel, one of Hong Kong's largest tour agencies, is going into liquidation. The civil service minister says drills will be held early next year to help the government prepare for mass mobilisations of its workers. And eight people have been jailed for between 44 and 56 months for taking part in the riots at the Polytechnic University in 2019. One of Hong Kong's leading tour agencies, Hong Tai Travel Services, will go into liquidation. As Frank Jung reports, its parent company blamed the COVID pandemic for pushing the business into the red. The latest announcement comes just two days after Hong Tai said that it will put all branch services on hold until further notice and reveal that it will cut costs to the bare minimum in the hope of surviving until all border restrictions are lifted. But in a notice, its parent company, Mainland-based Kaisa Tosin Development said the board of directors had passed a resolution a day earlier to initiate voluntary liquidation. The parent company said the pandemic had put Hong Tai into the red and left it unable to repay its debts. It said the voluntary winding-up procedure would allow Hong Tai to handle debts fairly and protect the rights and interests of the company, shareholders and creditors. According to the notice, Hong Tai posted losses of almost 4.7 million yuan in the first half of this year. Founded in 1966, Hong Tai has been one of Hong Kong's oldest and largest travel agencies, with businesses in the SAR, Guangdong and Macau, covering tours, package trips, cruises and overseas weddings, among others. Earlier in the year, another leading travel agency in the SAR, Morningstar Travel Services, announced it would initiate voluntary liquidation. Civil Service Minister Ingrid Young has announced plans to hold drills next year to help government departments prepare for large-scale mobilizations. The plan was foreshadowed in the Chief Executive's policy address last week. Speaking on RTHK, Ms Young said the government currently has the contingency plans for major, major incidents, including natural disasters and public health events like the pandemic, but needs to plan for unforeseen circumstances. We are aiming at mobilizing staff up to tens of thousands for mega incidents that require a lot of staff input, a lot of immediate staff response. We are hoping to be able to do some drills in the first quarter of next year. Health officials have reported 5,656 new COVID infections, including 390 imported cases. Seven more patients with COVID have died. Meanwhile, the government says a batch of about 19,000 of the pediatric formulation of the BioNTech vaccine has arrived in Hong Kong. The jabs will be available for children aged between 5 and 11 at the SAR's four children community vaccination centres from Wednesday. Officials added that they're continuing talks with the vaccine supplier on bringing in jabs for toddlers to Hong Kong. Eight people have been jailed for between three years and eight months and four years and eight months for taking part in a riot near the Polytechnic University during the 2019 social unrest. Priscilla Ng reports. In sentencing the defendants aged between 21 and 63, Judge Ernest Lin pointed out that this case stemmed from the siege of the Polytechnic University, which paralyzed traffic in the area. He said protesters had not considered whether their act would hurt anyone or damage any property. Seven of them were convicted at the district court of offenses such as rioting and possessing weapons, while one had pleaded guilty. Judge Lin said most of the defendants were young people with a good background, adding that while sentencing them to prison was a difficult decision, youth was not a mitigating factor. 
but he said the defendants were not unforgivable, and he understood that they had broken the law because they felt suppressed. A man in his 60s has died after being hit by a huge branch from a tree that he and several others were trimming in Taipo. Police said the incident happened near Ng Tong Chai on Lam Kam Road. The man was unconscious when he was taken to Nether Seoul Hospital for treatment, where he was certified dead. To the weather forecast, it'll be fine and dry with a minimum temperature of about 23 degrees and a high tomorrow of about 30 degrees. There'll be moderate east to northeasterly winds fresh offshore tonight and tomorrow morning. The outlook fine and dry again on Sunday, but windy on Monday and on Tuesday. Currently, the observatory, the temperature is 24 degrees Celsius, the relative humidity now at 78%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. Approximately one election worker will be deployed for every one and a half voters in December's Legislative Council by-election. This was announced by the Registration and Electoral Office, which said it has strengthened its data security measures ahead of the polls. Damon Pang reports. Nearly 1,500 members of the election committee will be eligible to vote for four seats in the legislature, left vacant when four former councillors joined John Lee's administration in July. They will be joined by around 1,000 workers deployed to facilitate their voting and count ballots. The question of data security during the by-election was raised by Business and Professionals Alliance lawmaker Priscilla Leung. She questioned whether officials had done enough to avoid a repeat of what happened in the chief executive election five years ago when two laptops containing the private information of all 3.78 million registered voters went missing. Chief Electoral Officer Raymond Wong said his office has implemented all recommendations made by the Privacy Commissioner following an investigation into the incident. He spoke through an interpreter. We have stepped up training of the electoral officers and also our office has adopted some internal technology and security guidelines. The use of personal data will only be limited to people who need to know them or use the data. Mr Wong said voting in a by-election will take place on December the 18th between 9 and 11.30 in the morning at the Convention and Exhibition Centre in Wan Chai. The Secretary for the Environment and Ecology, Chair Sin Wan, has vowed to keep the increase in electricity charges as low as possible. The new tariffs are due to be announced by the end of next month at the earliest. He was commenting just days after Hong Kong's main electricity supplier, CLP Power, warned rate hikes were unavoidable next year. Mr Tse said the world faces an energy crisis, but Hong Kong is suffering less than some European countries. He was asked if the hike in electricity charges could reach double digits. We hope all increases will be kept to the lowest levels. This is our goal. As we haven't ended our discussions, it is not appropriate for me to disclose anything. But I can guarantee that we will try our best in working towards this goal. Shares in Hong Kong have closed below the 15,000 mark for the first time in 13 years. The Hang Seng Index ended the day down 564 points, or 3.7%, at 14,863. Turnovers, $124.6 billion. For the week, the benchmark index lost more than 1,300 points. A strategist from CMB International, Daniel So, says he expects sentiment to stay weak ahead of the U.S. Federal Reserve's rate decision next week. There are not many bad news today. One of the few bad news is maybe uh, in the property sector, Chinese property sector, that some of the bond prices 
uh, having some sell-offs again, and so the sentiment in the property sector and the risk of the default is still a concern for investors. But for other sectors, I think it's still about the risk of sentiment. I think this pessimistic or at least cautious sentiment will last at least for the next one or two weeks because investors will watch out for Fed rate decision and also the midterm election in the U.S. The International Monetary Fund says China's economic slowdown is expected to drag on growth across Asia through to the end of next year. Its latest forecast says worldwide economic prospects have dimmed this year, with countries facing higher living costs, tighter financial conditions and increased uncertainty following Russia's attack on Ukraine. Mike Weeks has the details. The IMF says these crises have dulled the rebound from the COVID pandemic. Its regional economic outlook says although Asia is still a relatively bright spot compared with other parts of the world, growth in the region faces headwinds from a Chinese economy weighed down by the pandemic and a sluggish property sector. With a growing number of mainland property developers defaulting on their debt over the past year, the report says the sector's access to market financing has become increasingly challenging. The IMF says the region also faces new headwinds from global financial tightening and an expected slowdown of external demand. It cut its growth forecast for Asia this year to 4%. That's down 0.9 percentage points from its previous outlook in April. Earlier this month, the IMF announced it had cut its growth forecast for China to 3.2% in 2022. Official data on Monday showed China's economy grew 3.9% year-on-year in the third quarter, a stronger-than-expected performance. The world's richest man, Elon Musk, has completed his takeover of Twitter. In a post apparently referring to the $44 billion deal, Mr Musk said the bird is freed. Twitter took legal action against him when he tried to back out of the purchase earlier this year. The BBC's James Clayton reports. Elon Musk's attempt to buy Twitter has been one of the most topsy-turvy on-off deals in Silicon Valley history. And a nod to that turbulent negotiation which saw Elon Musk trying to pull out of the deal, it appears his first act as emperor of Twitter was to fire Parag Agrawal, the company's CEO. Mr Agrawal is reviled by the US right, accused of silencing conservative voices, the most famous of which, Donald Trump, was banned from the platform after the Capitol Hill riots. It now seems likely Donald Trump will be allowed back onto the platform, though he's previously said he wouldn't reactivate his account. Pakistan's former Prime Minister Imran Khan has begun leading a week-long procession of his supporters from the eastern city of Lahore to the capital Islamabad, demanding early elections. Earlier at a rally, Mr Khan said they should remain peaceful during the journey. Party workers joined the convoy on motorbikes, pickup trucks and jeeps. The BBC's Samira Hussain is in Islamabad. The demonstrators are likely to meet resistance as they approach the capital. The federal government has already said it will not allow them to enter into the capital and are planning to deploy several thousand security forces. Now, Mr Khan has been calling for fresh elections since he was pushed out of office earlier this year. The government so far has been unwilling to meet his demands saying elections will happen in 2023 as planned. To sports, where the Hong Kong Rugby Union has unveiled its squad for next week's sevens, with five players making their debut. 
Hong Kong have the toughest of starts to the first tournament here since 2019 when they face World Rugby Seven Series champions Australia next Friday. Coach Jevon Groves says the squad may have to think a little bit differently with their tactics, but stress that they're ready for it. It's definitely a challenge. Um, Australia are World Series champions, so they're consistent across eight or ten tournaments that they played last year. So. Yeah, we're looking forward to that challenge. We're just looking out there, going out there to concentrate on ourselves and see what we can control and what we can get right and hopefully put on a competitive performance and the ones that the fans can be proud of. New Zealand and Samoa are also in Hong Kong's group. Max Woodward has been named captain for a fourth time. It's his fifth appearance at the tournament and he says the whole team is excited about playing after a three-year gap. Me personally, I'm really, really looking forward to it. It's been a long time since I've played. Obviously, the excitement in the squad is pretty cool. You know, it's always been the pinnacle event in our rugby calendar, you know, as we train throughout the year and, and not having it has been quite tough. So the lads are very excited. I've got full confidence in the ability of the team. Obviously, it's a really, really tough challenge against teams that are traditionally perceived to be better than us, teams that play on the World Series very regularly. We're going to be underdogs in every game we play, so it's going to be a challenge. But we have guys in the team who can make stuff happen, who I think are world-class in their own right. To football, here's the BBC's Sani Rudra-Varjala with a look at some of the big games to look forward to this weekend in the English Premier League. Champions Manchester City kick off the Premier League weekend at Leicester, looking for victory after winning just one of the last four in all competitions. We'll have to wait and see whether Erling Haaland recovers from illness in time to add to his 17 Premier League goals he scored so far this season. Two points clear of City at the top sit Arsenal. They were disappointing in defeat to PSV in the Europa League and welcome a Nottingham Forest side with a spring in a step of sorts after beating Liverpool 1-0 last time out. New Aston Villa boss Unai Emery won't be in charge at fourth place Newcastle United. The Spaniards still waiting on a work permit and takes charge next week. His players though will be looking to impress, especially after bulldozing Brentford 4-0. Under pressure, Leeds head coach Jesse Marsh says he still has the backing of the board, but after losing four in a row, he takes his team to Anfield, needing some positivity against the Liverpool side coming off the back of a comprehensive win in the Champions League against Ajax. And will Cristiano Ronaldo feature for Manchester United? He scored against Sheriff Tiraspol in the Europa League. Eric Ten Hag's side round off proceedings by hosting West Ham on Sunday. Spanish prosecutors have dropped fraud and corruption charges against Neymar and eight others involved in the Brazilian footballers' move from Santos to Barcelona in 2013. The prosecutors had alleged Neymar and his father concealed the true value of the players' transfer. A Brazilian investment fund had argued it was entitled to a larger slice of the pie. A reminder of our top stories tonight, Hong Tai Travel, one of Hong Kong's largest tour agencies, is going into liquidation. And the Civil Service Minister says drills will be held early next year to help the government prepare for mass mobilisations of its workers. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains mark the end of day I'll hear you 
my dear, at twilight time. And for most of us here in Hong Kong, our week's toil is done. The weekend is literally around the corner, just 45 minutes away. Thanks for tuning in to Twilight Time with me, Peter King. If you'd like a song, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. We have 45 minutes of easy listening music, something just to chill out and relax to. Johnny Mathis first. Feel the glow of your unspoken love 